Welcome to Lambs to Lions. You're listening to the weekly podcast with Pastor Matt Funk. Let's dive right in. Giving beyond your ability. I don't know if you've ever had an opportunity to invest that you missed out on. I'm sure we all have. If only we had known. (laughs) What's that? Blockbuster. (laughs) <laughs> is that what you said? Oh, Bitcoin. Yeah, Bitcoin. Um, you know, <laughs> we all want to be blessed, but it also, it also starts with us investing. When we reap what we sow, we know that principle. Uh, what's the most generous um, that anyone's ever been to you? I don't know if you could think of a time, maybe recently, or a time you just could not forget somebody's generosity in your life. If you could think of it, write it down. Please do so. Write it down. Because we need to take note of how God is blessing us and the people that he is using that is blessing us. What's the most generous you've ever been to someone? I bet you remember that one, right? No? Write it down. What's the most generous you've been? And if, you, if you're like, wow, I'm, I'm a generous person all the time. Well, what, what's the most generous you've been lately this year? Write that down. What's the most generous um, that you've been to God? You thought of that one? The most generous that you've ever been to God. Have you ever given beyond your ability and seen God's blessing? Yes. Okay, I heard one yes. Another yes. Three yeses. We got four, five. We got some head nods. Do I have six? Do I have seven? Do I have seven? Do I have eight? Do I have eight? Okay. It takes faith to give beyond your means and action to witness a miracle. I'll say it again. It takes faith to give beyond your means, and it takes that action, because faith without works is dead, to witness that miracle, okay? We're going to dive into 2 Corinthians again, uh, 2 Corinthians 8. I know we've gone through this before, some of us, some of us might be first time in a long time, but uh, going to give you a snapshot again. I don't know how many times I've gone into uh, Corinthians and told you guys context, but it's amazing what we forget, hey? I had to go back into it again, study a little more. Oh, yeah, that's right. So Paul is the author. He's the one writing here, and he starts this Jesus community on one of his journeys, and which you can read about how it all started in Acts 18. If you're like one of those guys like, man, I want to go back and, and look at that, Acts 18. But once the Corinthians... Um, that's the Corinthian church, by the way. Once the Corinthians were exposed to more wealthier, impressive speakers, they started thinking less of Paul, okay? Paul showed them that their perspective of this type of leadership shows a distorted value system and is a betrayal of Jesus. Paul says that true Christianity, true Christian leadership is not about a status or self-promotion, Okay. Paul pro, uh, portrays himself and others as servants of Jesus to Jesus, and he says, our job isn't to be impressive, but rather to point people to the one who is Jesus. Paul addresses the topic of this forgotten generosity. That's what we're going to be focusing on. The Christians had fallen into poverty due to famine and crisis, and Paul was raising money among the new churches which he had started that were full of mostly non-Jewish people, new believers. And they all sent a 
relief gift as a symbol of unity in the family of God. And so many of the churches were thrilled to give, but the Corinthians were too busy judging Paul's leadership and they were distracted by other leaders. Listen up, man. This is not going to be the focus of my teaching, but we learned last week how the enemy, it says in Revelations 12, the enemy, the devil is the deceiver. He deceives and he distracts, right? And some things sound good, but not everything that sounds good is necessarily from God. And when we have multiple visions coming our way, we can easily get caught in what's called division, right? We can get caught up in the talk. We can get caught up in the gossip. We can get caught up in what other people are doing, and we can lose sight and focus of what God is calling us to do as a church. You with me? Same thing works within your business and your ministry and your family that you want to stay aligned with your calling within the Great Commission. You with me? Awesome. So um, the Corinthians hadn't saved up a relief gift. They're, the, they're like the most blessed church at the time. They understood the, pr- the principle of giving, or at least Paul thought they did. They got blessed. And I don't know if you've ever been there. You start understanding the principle. You start sowing in the principle. You start seeing results. It's easy to give when you first start to give when it's not a lot, right? When it's little. But then when the Lord starts blessing you because of your giving, now it's like, whoa, wait a minute. That's a lot to give. And that's where the tension can be. But don't ever forget your source. I remember that season like it was yesterday. And being like, well, yeah, it's 10 bucks. It's no big deal. And you start adding a few more zeros. And you're like, whoa. And the Lord quickly will get your heart because he's been speaking to you the whole time. And be like, don't forget where it's coming from and where the blessing's coming from. Hey, you're the only one that can put a stop on that tap. You know, you can, if you want to stop it, go ahead and stop it and do it on you by your own means and your own will. And you're going to miss my means and you're going to miss your miracle. Woo! All right. (laughs) Okay? So the Corinthians hadn't saved up for the relief gift, and Paul said, it isn't a money issue. It's an issue of the heart. It's a heart issue. Okay? This means the people hadn't been transformed by the gospel of Jesus because the story of Jesus at its heart is a story of generosity. That's why I keep saying to this church, and I'm proud to be a part of this family because we have a very generous church, that we will be known by our generosity because generosity reflects the gospel. Where a man's treasure is, there his heart will also be. So I want to start in verses 2 and 3, 2 Corinthians. In the midst of severe trial, there overflowing joy and their extreme poverty welled up what? In rich generosity. Man, you want to know when the best time to give is? When you have little. <laughs> it is the be- it's easy to give when you have a lot, but you're not going to see the hand of God move in such a way that you've never seen before that goes beyond the natural. When little is much, whether it's, it's a few loaves and a few fishes, come on. It's little is much when God is in it. And it says, for I testify that they gave as much as they were able and even beyond their ability entirely on their own. No one forced them to do it. No one made them to do it. They did it on their own will, by their own hearts, by their own passion, because they saw the why. They saw the need. 
And it's easy to get caught up when you have a lot and forget what it was like when you have a little. And when you have a little, I'm telling you, man, I watch men and women that live on the street that are homeless that are more generous than some people that have multiple houses and businesses. They do. You give them a little, and then they go out, and they share that little they have with everybody else. Not saying they're all like that, but I've seen it, and I still see it, because they recognize what it's like to have little. And they know, they know the pay it forward. So I want to talk about point one, beyond your ability, beyond our ability lies God's blessing. Blessing. I know I've said beyond your ability lies God's ability, but beyond your ability also lies God's blessing. Miracles follow those that give beyond their means. It says they first gave as much as they were able what are you able to give in this community, to this community in this season? That's, that's between you and God, but I, I, like, I like these questions that allow you to do some self-reflection, okay? It's going to be different for all of us. Then it says, even beyond their means. What would giving beyond your means look like? I'm going to tell you, the first time that I gave beyond my means was the earliest part of, of my marriage with Charmaine. Because although my parents gave, I wasn't really taught the principle of the tithe until I married Charmaine. I don't know how it it was for you, Nick, but man, Charmaine was convicted. Charmaine told told me, we're going to give, we're going to tithe. I'm like, okay. And she's like, okay, you know tithe means 10%. 10% of what? 10% of, we barely got by. We were paycheck to paycheck. Remember, if you can remember, those of you have been married for a while when you first started off or you first started your business, the money wasn't there, right? Like, we're, you're like, literally, it was paycheck to paycheck. I remember like it was yesterday, going to church and being like, can we afford to share a Tim Hortons coffee? True story. But Charmaine said, blessings will chase us. So that giving was beyond our means, it was beyond our means. I'm like, okay, babe, I'm just so madly in love with you, so we don't pay the phone bill this week. <laughs> Something's not getting paid. I don't know, but I'm, hey, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not in your own understanding and always acknowledge him. He'll make a way. He'll make your path straight. He'll direct you, right? So what does the word say? What does my wife say? What does the word say? Someone write that down. What does my wife say? What does the word say? There needs to be alignment before assignment. Okay, so you know, and, and we gave, and God blessed us. And, and she said, her words, she said, blessings will chase us. I got, it first came in the form of work, just so you know. I got more work. I got more job opportunities. A lot of people don't say that, see that. They're always looking for the, the money just to rain down and fall down on them. But it came in the form of work. I saw that as a blessing. This, it came in the form of a promotion, which means more work, more problems to solve, right? <laughs> promotion, Right? You don't get promoted unless you're going to be solving more problems. That's what leadership is all about. And I just saw a blessing. I, I got raises and blessings chased me. But it started with giving beyond our means. And God gives us opportunities all the time to give beyond our means. That's just the first time that I gave beyond our means. And so what would giving beyond your means look like to you in this season? Many people will live beyond their means. Come on, they'll live beyond their means. However, they don't give beyond their means. Why? Could be fear, could be greed, or we could go deeper. Maybe the reason they don't give beyond their means is because they're missing the meaning. That's why. Everything 
that God asks us to do is always going to be on purpose for a purpose. And it's always going to be followed with blessing. Our response should always be to the Lord, yes, Lord, and amen. Right? And what does the word have to say? If you're, if you're ever confused, go to the word. Proverbs tw- uh, uh, 3, 27 to 28 says, Do not withhold good from those to whom it is due when it is in your power. Don't look at your, your brother. When it is your power to act. Do not say to your neighbor, come back tomorrow and I'll give it to you tomorrow. When you already have it with you, you already have the means. Yeah. Wow. That's our means. How about beyond? What happens when God is calling us to give beyond to support his mission? At the end of you is always the beginning of him. I'll tell you that. It takes trust and it takes faith to give beyond your means. It takes standing on God's word instead of siding with the ways of the world. I'm telling you, man, it starts in your head. Romans 12, verse 2. Do not be conformed by the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then it moves into your heart. Matthew 6, 21. Where a man's heart is, there his treasure will also be. And then it is translated into your hands. Proverbs eleven twenty four to 25. The life of the generous gets larger and larger. The life of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. If you translate in your head that you have a poverty mentality, it will get into your heart and it will go into your hands like this. And how much can God bless this? But if you get into your head that he is your source, that he is your provider, that he is faithful and just to meet all of your needs according to his riches in Christ Jesus, it'll move into your heart and your hand will do this. When you get that seed and understand the seed is for sowing, not for eating, then it's going to flourish and you'll receive a a hundredfold in this lifetime and in the next. Because the verse is whoever gives up house, hold, family, friends, all these things for my sake. Harleys. (laughs) Bring it in. Harleys. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Unless God tells you to, you know, will receive a hundredfold in this life, but gives it up. Gives it up. Right? So, it says, in the midst of severe trial. I like that. In the midst of, so when people say, oh, it's going to get worse. And I'm not saying don't be prepared and don't plan. You know, failure to plan is planning to fail. But you're going to sow, sow in a kingdom, sow in something that's going to be the rock that Jesus is Lord, and not even the gates of hell are going to prevail against it. You know, it's the and. It says, in the midst of severe trial, overflowing joy. What joy? God's joy. The joy of the Lord is our strength. Nehemiah 8.10. The fruit of the Spirit is joy. Galatians 5.22. The scripture shows us that the Macedonians were moving from extreme poverty to rich generosity. In it. In extreme poverty. Rich generosity. Now's your time. Say, now's my time. Now's my time. On their own. Yes, there's victory in the valley, and it comes from generosity. I think I put that in your notes. There's victory in the valley, I've said it before, and it comes from generosity. I love that we are being known as this generous 
church. Again, God's favor and God's blessing is upon this house. The blessing of Abraham is on this house. Right, Rick? You said it the other day. It is on this house. Galatians 3.20. And now that you belong to Christ, you are the true children of Abraham. You are his heirs. And God's promise to Abraham belongs to you. Say it belongs to me. He said, I'm going to make you a blessing. You want to know how blessed you're going to be? What your descendants are going to look like? Try to count the stars. You won't be able to contain the blessing. It's going to go on for generation to generation to generation. The blessing is on this house. Abraham's blessing is on you. And we're seeing it right now in businesses, in families that are rising up. You know, it's not just, it's not just your wallet. It's, it's not the wallet. It's God's will. That's what, that's what we're after. We're not after the wallet. We're after his will. We just get blessed because of it. Because <laughs> it's the gospel. It's the gospel. Um, we are blessed to be a blessing. When it appears dry, remember, I'm not saying it is dry. I'm saying it appears to be dry. In the natural, yeah, it might appear to be dry. But he's making streams where? In the desert. He's making a way where? In the wilderness, Isaiah 43, 19. If you haven't seen God's blessing, invest in his business and he'll invest in yours. Yep, I got a yep over here. Isn't that right? You want to echo that in any way? Uh, well, this week I would like to thank the three guys that came out to help out with the house. Um, Rick, uh, James, and Gary came over and helped me on my property today. This last was on Friday it was excellent. That was a blessing. And... I always get stuff in my business that happens all the time. I just got a call from Manning Park to get more stuff up there, and I didn't expect that. So God's always blessing things when you put money in there or put it into his, into his thing, always. I, I've got more. I have more right now than I can handle almost. There you go. Garth, Garth, Garth and Kingdom Builders, uh, he did the first one. He's doing the second one now. And I got the privilege of watching God bless his business as he continued to tithe, I hope that's okay I say that, is he tithe, God blessed, and he just blessed on every, he blessed, he was blessed because he gave on every blessing, isn't that correct? Every, every blessing that came in, he tithed on it, the Lord gave him more. And like he's saying, I can't keep up with the blessings. Can't give them out, they're coming in faster than he can, he's like, Lord, give me wisdom, help me align myself with you and not get caught up in the other stuff. And Gavin just joined, good morning, Gavin. Good to see you. Did I send you the Alberta time? I apologize if I sent you the Alberta time. I'm trying to keep track of all you guys. So we're in 2 Corinthians 8, by the way. Uh, we're talking about how Paul is speaking to the uh, church in Corinth and uh, how he's using the Macedonian church that was really generous in their season of lack and in their season of severe famine and how uh, this extreme joy welled up within them, Gavin. So that's, that's where we're at there. The notes should also be online on the men's page. But okay, for some of us, God is about to stretch our faith. I would say for all of us, if you're willing. Are you willing? Because he's about to stretch, uh, he's about to stretch your faith and he's about to, to stretch your wallets. He's about to stretch your heart. Get ready for what he wants to do. Um, according to his will, though. He's going to stretch your faith, and he'll stretch your wallet according to his will. If we don't take the opportunity to give, we will also miss the opportunity to get. Okay? 
if we don't take the opportunity to give, we're going to miss the opportunity to get. You know, somebody said it here, and, and there's, there, I, I won't label it, but I'll just say, in my background and in some religious beliefs, there's this false sense of humility that if you are to be a Christian, that means you should be broke. You can't fund the mission field if you're broke. I'm sorry, you can't build churches if you're broke. Okay, so that I, let's just get that out there. Uh, no, God wants to bless you and make you a blessing. Hey, do we have to go into the parable of the talents again? What God has given you, okay, according to your ability, or what, are you going to give him more? I hope you will. I hope you will just give back to him what he gave you. Look, I was a good steward of it. Here's what you gave me. I gave it back. That's not what he wants. He wants more with what he gave you. He wants it to multiply. He wants you to be multiplied and be blessed so you can be a blessing, Okay. And if we don't take the opportunity to give, again, we're going to miss that opportunity to get. It works both ways. And that's the Proverbs eleven twenty four to 25. Okay, let's go uh, verses 4 and 5. They urgently, whoa, urgently pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing in this service to the Lord's people. Whoa, who are these people? And they exceeded our expectations. They gave themselves, first of all, <clears throat> first of all to the Lord, and then by the will of God, also to us. Man, I'm only on point two, but most of my stuff was going to be on point one anyway, so we'll go through these fast. Point two, pleading for the privilege of sharing. Wow. Lord, give me an opportunity. You know, one of my coaches taught me uh, how to pray. Lord, bless me today and give me an opportunity to bless somebody else. Right? Bless me today but give me an opportunity to bless somebody else. The word urgently stands out to me in the scripture. I don't know if you caught that, but it it really hit me. People mix up uh, and miss what is urgent for what they value is important. A few times uh, since moving to Chilliwack, I have been blessed by people in this church, in this community, who have come to me and literally asked us, how can we help? Where can we give? Seriously. Seriously. And all those who ask without being asked have been blessed beyond measure. You know, men, who you are in this house. There's multiple people in this house that are in this house, and you know who you are. I've seen many times when people miss their blessing to give because the timing isn't personally convenient. FYI, calling isn't convenient. Opportunities. We were joking around. Hey, Andrew, by the coffee this morning. I, I, I think I think James accidentally said we had a problem, and I said, "Oh, an opportunity!" And Andrew caught it right away. Right, <laughs> and then James caught it. We all had a chuckle. But yeah, it's it always comes in the form of an opportunity, does it not? Calling comes in the form of a problem to solve. Right? It's calling is not convenient. It usually requires a sense of urgency, a sense of faith in action immediately. Delayed obedience is disobedience. I don't know if you've ever been there. God put on your heart to bless somebody, maybe to go forward, give them a word or whatever, and you didn't, and that was so heavy on your heart. I mean, the Lord's going to, you know, if you got to repent, you repent. He's going to forgive you, but you missed, a, you missed something, they missed something. But guess what? If God doesn't use you, he'll use somebody else. He will. That's one thing I've had to learn, too. I'm like, oh, I hope, I hope that, you know, like, no, he'll use somebody else, but I missed my blessing. I missed my opportunity to be blessed, right? You see what I'm saying? So calling comes in a time of crisis. If you have any kind of crisis going on around you, you have an even bigger calling. How the church responds is our 
religious responsibility. Oh, you ready for it? Paul said, James 1.27, religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this, to look after the orphans and the widows in their distress and to keep oneself, I didn't leave this out, from being polluted by the world. What? You could just park on that. Right now, it's coming in the form of food and clothing and gifts. 100 pairs of shoes for the kids across the street in schools. Hampers and gifts for families in needs. I don't know about you, but I have felt the sense of urgency to have the privilege of sharing in the blessing that the Lord has given to this church that he wants to give to the community. As well, it is spiritual, always. It's the gospel. Generosity is the gospel, and that they all come to know Jesus through generosity. How? They will know we are his disciples, Coach Rodney, by our love for one another. That's how. The same is for the men, and that's why we're doing the men's conference. The same, I feel that, I don't know if you feel, I've been feeling that urgency since I flew to Manitoba more I'm out there, the more I felt this urgency for this men's conference. There is, there is going to be breakthrough and blessing like never before. And anyone that's not there is going to miss it. It's a huge, there's an anointing coming with Rex Crane. There's a word coming. There's a prophetic word coming for you specifically. And, and, and you need to be there, but don't come alone. You need to bring somebody with you. Otherwise, the blessing stops at you. You need to take somebody with you. And that is why we are compelled to put on this men's conference. And I would ask that you men would sow into this ministry with me. This is that I feel like we're not the Corinthian church. We're the Macedonian church. You know, that's how I feel that we are. I, I, don't, I don't feel like I have to like, oh, I got to pull at people's. No, no, we get to give. We get to give. We get to give. And, and I know I'm talking to a bunch of generous men. And uh, you, you, if there's God put something on your heart and, and you, you can come talk to me anytime, but we got to fill this house with men. And I'm looking, what better time than this? I look around the room. I'm like, we're already this big. This is, we got to, we got to quadruple this size. Double, that's easy. Pastor Rudy is going to put out an ad this week and it's, it's going to get, I'm telling you, there are the church in Penticton already is there's people in Penticton. There's people across Canada that are telling their friends in BC, you got to go to this thing. You got to go to this thing. Um, There's actually more women than men online right now saying to their husbands and boyfriends, you got to go to this thing. Hello guys. Let's man up. Let's man up. We can't let the women beat us. (laughs) Let's make it a competition. Let's get them here. Let's, let's get them saved. Let's give them the breakthrough, the word that they need, the encouragement that they, they need, the, whatever it is that they need, mentally, spiritually, emotionally, physically, financially. There's going to be connections and partnerships within businesses that are going to happen at that conference. There's going to be alignment with God's will and God's people at that conference. Anyway, I'm a little bit passionate about it. I want to see um, this community transform by its men. And being set free of all limitations, all lust, all pride, all of that. Because of this man in this house. What we have is unique. It's unique. This isn't happening. I'd like to say this is happening all over the world. In this community, every church, Sunday morning at 7 a.m., a whole group of men meeting. It's not. It needs to be. Everywhere. It needs to go viral. 
Men need to man up. They need to man up. Um, and I want to see them, I want to see these men thrive. I want to see these young men thrive, right? And we're already seeing that. I'd, I'd like to see the ratio more of even more young men come in, young, old, all ages come in, but just fill it, fill it with young men. I can imagine, like, man, if I was 16, 15, 14, and I got to go to a men's conference and hear Rex Crane speak, my life would have been way more advanced at that age if I had heard that word and got an opportunity to be a part of a family like that. Anyway, so what would it be like to live exceedingly beyond expectations, to live a lifestyle worthy of your calling, which is sacrificial, right? That's what it is. It's also Romans 12, verse 1, right? What, what is your true and proper worship? To live your life as a living sacrifice. It's a privilege when we give to God's plans and his people. Okay, verse 7. But since you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in, compel, in complete earnestness, and in love, we have kindled in you. See that you also excel in the grace of giving. We exceed in the expectations, and we must also excel in the grace, undeserving, unfavored, unmerited, grace, grace. Verse eight, I am not commanding you, but I want to test. Oh my goodness. Like this is like, hey, I'm not commanding you. This is Paul's so good, right? Hey, I'm not commanding you, but I want to test you. I want to test the sincerity of your love by comparing it with the earnestness of these new believers. (laughs) Brand new believers. Come on. Right, when you, when you first get God in your heart and, and you're just so on fire for him, right? Be, be careful because what gets taken for granted eventually gets taken away. You could take that to your relationship. You could take it wherever you want. You, you could take anything for granted. Verse nine, for you know that the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor so that through his poverty you might become rich. Yes, rich in spirit, but Paul in context is talking financially right now. He is. If you want to talk, you just stick to the context. The context of the scripture is about a relief offering, about giving. Paul's not like, let's just jump over here now. Like, you know, I'm done talking. No, he's still talking in context to generosity and giving in the natural and letting his super touch it. Paul talks about Jesus' grace of generosity, and even though he was rich, for our sake became poor, so through his poverty, poverty might become rich. He tells the story of the gospel through financial metaphors. Jesus gave up his place of honor in the heaven to come to earth and take the position of the cross so that our sin and poverty, we might become rich through God's grace to transform us into someone who is more generous and willing to share our life and resources with others. Man, stand with me. Thank you for giving me three minutes extra. I appreciate you. The takeaway I have for you today is the story of Jesus is a story of generosity. I just want to pray a blessing over you right now. Thank you. Father God, we thank you for your word today. Thank you, word, that we don't just hear it, we live it. Thank you for the opportunities that are just going to come in front of these men, that they seize those godly opportunities. They seize your word and your will, and they will also see it in their wallets, that they are made to be kingdom builders 
and priests, Lord Jesus, that they would be blessed beyond blessing to be a blessing, Father God. Lord, that give them the vision, give them the foresight, give them the insight, give them the faithfulness to be faithful with little before much. Lord, that what we have, little is much, just like you did with that boy with the fish and the loaves. Lord, you're going to do today. You're going to do. We're not waiting for tomorrow. You're going to do today. Opportunities are all around us, Lord. Help these men to seize every opportunity for your kingdom and your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for tuning in today, and thank you for continuing to partner with us and for giving so generously to this ministry. If you would like to find out more about how you can partner with us, visit our website at www.wherepeoplematter.church and click the giving link. And don't forget to subscribe and share this with your friends. See you next time.